Hey, did you know Child's Play helps sick kids play games while they're in the hospital? Yeah, I thought you did. There's a link to donate in the description. This is Cockatrice Nuggets with Rich Frazier, serving you up a heaping helping of RPG nuggets straight to your gaming table. Want to start editing your audio and video but just don't have the time? Try Descript. Descript's an all-in-one audio and video editor that makes editing as easy as using a Word doc. You upload your recordings straight into Descript, or you can record straight into Descript. It instantly transcribes your file into text, and then you can tweak it with the text or using the media clips. Edit out filler words and silent gaps with a single click. Uh, you can record your screen and webcam presentations and video messages and edit out mistakes before publishing. Using pro features such as non-destructive multi-track editing, live collaboration, auto-captioning, exports, and much more. Descript is what I use when I edit my podcast. Not that I edit my podcast. Got an affiliate link in the description below. All right, recap, let's go. So, Blood Wars of Sanguera. The Sword of Cast is being held aloft by a uh, mage hand. And the Sword of class, Cast pronounces, Who wields the hand? Or who holds the hand? One or the other. And uh, sort of cast was like, it's the only way to destroy Vecna. Gotta wear the hand, gotta wield me. So uh, much discussion is to be had, or is had, and the players come to uh, the decision that the sorcerer has the highest charisma save, so he should be the one to wear it. Um, there was some dissidents among the, uh, among the people, among the party. Uh, the sorcerer is weak. They were worried that he would get one shot. Um, they were worried that, um, given his track record of quote unquote melee wizard or melee, melee sor sorcerer, um, he would go down. Um, the last big fight they had, he was disintegrated. Um, earlier in his career, he, um, in his young career, he was famous for melee wizard putting on gauntlets of ogre power, running in and trying to beat stuff up. Uh, and I believe he got knocked down twice before giving up that strategy. Um, so there was a little dissent. And then Lawson says, I think I'm supposed to become him. And like, I think everybody was like, what? And I was just like, oh my God. So a long time ago, there was this Rakshasa. <laughs> And this Rakshasa uh, looked very similar to Lawson. He had a patch over the same eye. <laughs> um, that uh, Lawson wears a patch, but Lawson wears a patch for the pirate reason, right? So he didn't have better perception in the darkness, right? Y'all know about that. So uh, theory is that pirates used to wear patches. So one eye was always in the dark. So when they went into the dark, they would just switch the patch over and they would be able to see in the dark better because that eye is already accustomed to the dark. Uh, I don't know if this is true or not. Uh, plus then they still have disadvantage when they go back into the light, but whatever. Um, pirates will be pirates. Uh, so yeah, they meet this Rakshasa and um, I you know, tell them that uh, his left hand is not backwards and it's withered and crispy or whatever, you know. Um, and the Rakshasa uh, proves to be a pain in the butt for um, a short amount of time. Um, 
I fell victim to the classic uh, low roll initiative. Uh, my Rakshasa got uh, bum rushed and uh, cut out very quickly. Um, and he was wearing the hand and eye. So the players got the hand and eye, and I was just like, oh my god, he, you guys are like sixth level and got the hand and eye. Right, this Rakshasa was supposed to get away. Um, had I known the powers of the hand and eye a little better, I I, I might have let him get away. Um, had I had been more used to 5th edition, I would have just given him the initiative, because uh, he had surprise, basically. Um, because he ran over and threw the eye in. So, um, immediately upon putting this eye in your head, um, and he's already wearing the hand, you can get a wish. Boom. Right? And he wishes he was out of there, is what should have happened. Um, but he rolled low in initiative, didn't get an attack, got destroyed, um, and sent back to, uh, whatever lower plane he originated from. Reforming and, uh, coming up with a plan. Um, that plan has been in action for quite a while. But I think this tops that plan. If Lawson were to somehow lose the eye and then his something happened to turn him into this this lower plains creature who travels back in time it could be an amazing story um, and honestly it doesn't have to it doesn't have to affect my ultimate goal plan that is going into an effect um, and it doesn't matter if he loses the eye now or sometime in the far future <laughs> um, so it's very cool. It's very, it's a very interesting wrinkle to a story that has been going on for a long time in the background or has background in the, in the campaign. So I was very excited about this. And then they decided that, yeah, Rostin can run, run faster. Rostin can, um, you know, take a hit better. Um, Lawson's died less times. <laughs> um, so they do it. They cut his hand off and put it on. And funny thing is, Lawson is a tabaxi rogue. And he has... Um, I think he's got the feet that lets him run faster or run farther or something. Uh, he's got something that lets him fucking crazy, crazy run. Like, he's a tabaxi, so he gets that fast stuff anyway. But I think he's got a boost to his running speed through something else. Uh, anyways, this uh, hand gives him 10 to his movement. So now he's even faster. Alright. So at any rate, um, for some reason, the discussion continues after the hand is put on him. Um, and things start to drag a little bit. So, um, that classic uh, DM advice, what happens when your game begins to lag? Throw a bunch of orcs in. Well, I chose to blow up the door. So I blew up the door, uh, being tampered with by a couple of uh, 
Um, I use his uh, flunkies on the other side, and they uh, they blow the door up. So the party takes a little bit of damage. I think it was a fireball that I placed there, so it may, it may have been upcast. I can't remember if it was 10d6 or 8d6, but it's pretty relevant. 20th level, almost everybody saved. Um, those who half of those who saved took half damage. <laughs> um, half those who saved took no damage. You know, uh, so they they marched on and uh, decided to fight Vecman. Um, so the sort of cast leads them in with uh, Lost in uh, wearing the hand and uh, following. Um, so they get to watch this fight between Ayuz and Vecna. And at first, they don't, like, know what to do. Um, so I think Vecna and Ayuz both got one round. Uh, no, that's not true. Um, they, they started combat immediately. Um, as Vecna, I did nothing but attack Ayuz. And then um, it was... Uh, I think it was the rogue's turn, Roger. And he... Uh, lost and waited it out. Wanted to see what would happen between the two. The idea was that they'd weaken each other and then um, they could destroy Vecna easier. Roger went straight for a shot, I believe. Um, which did not hit Vecna. Vecna. He rolled like a 34 on the die or something. And I was like, you know that this shot should have rang true. But for some reason, it goes right around him. Like, almost like there's a bubble around his head that, you know, doesn't let anything through. So, um, the combat goes on. Uh, and uh, Vecna's move after each of these... Um, Vecna gets legendary actions. After each of these things, he takes a legendary action that um, assaults the character who attacked him, basically. Um, so with Roger, Roger ran. He was already at the door. So he, um, the, I told him the only cover in the room would be leaving the room. So he left the room. Um, sap block I was using for Vecna allows him to know of anything living within 300 feet of him. So he knows exactly where Roger is. And he uses, basically, um, he's got like a big beast hand ability um, to grab Roger and just squish him up against the wall he's hiding against. Um, and then uh, someone else attacks and, you know, it's a, it, it, it seems like a glancing blow, but, you know, again, you know your, your blow should have rang true. And uh, I think he pushed that person across the room, you know, uh, into the other room and slam them against the wall. And then one more person attacked, and again, you know, it, it should have been something that, that damaged, but uh, that didn't work. So um, I think this was just straight damage. I gave straight damage to somebody. And all the time, Vecna's saying, you know, stay out of this. I told you to stay out of this. You need to stay out of this. Um, and then finally, the initiative rolls around, and Lawson comes up. And he cuts Vecna deep um, with the sword. And he he action surged. Um, he got his uh, he got his sneak attack because um, the sword of cast that I was using was a long sword. Apparently, in fifth edition, they switched it to be a or I'm sorry, um, 
Yeah, in 5th edition, they made it a long sword. The sword I was using was a short sword, uh, which was even even better for, uh, you know, lost into wield, because um, he gets a sneak attack damage. So he does this, I think, I want to say he crit um, on the first hit. And then uh, he uses action surge to take uh, another swing at him. So it, it worked very well. <laughs> Lostin did a lot of damage. He ended up doing 187 damage in one round to Vecna with the Sword of Cats. Um, and I was just like, wow, that's great. Um, I was uh, keeping track of the total because I wanted to know exactly how much he did. Because uh, he attacked and then offhand attacked, I believe. Um, so I told him Vecna is just laughing all the time at this. Um, anytime in between turns when Vecna would have a legendary action um, and nobody attacked him, he would not take revenge. He would grow this portal behind him uh, that started out as a seed uh, and uh, or the size of a grapefruit. Uh, a black portal-looking thing the size of a grapefruit. Um, and he would grow up bigger. And every time it got bigger, I would say, okay, it looks like there's something behind there. You know, it's definitely a portal this time. You're not sure what it is. Um, second time it gets bigger, okay, you're definitely sure that there's a city back there. You're not exactly sure what city, but you can see, like, shapes of buildings back there. Um, and then the fourth time, or the third time it opens up, I'm like, it's Sickle. You see him opening a portal to Sickle. Um, so I use his turn comes around, and he tries to cut into Vecna with his sort of cast that he's wielding, um, which is a fake sort of cast. It is actually mentioned somewhere um, that there are many replicas of the sort of cast made, uh, and, you know, there, there happen to be fake ones, and uh, the one I use got is a fake one indeed. So, um, so it shatters against Vecna, and he laughs. And he uh, says something about Ayu's being a fool, weak-minded, and it was his plan to get him here all along. And he starts, like, sucking Ayu's essence up. Um, I describe it kind of like, uh, um, like wisps of black that you know to be his soul are just, like, starting to be pulled out of him. So uh, the party then realizes that if Ayu's um, loses, then Vecna won't be weaker, he'll be stronger. Uh, which is exactly what happens in, in the next few rounds. Um, Ayu's soul is completely sucked into Vecna, and um, the portal opens, and Vecna is sucked through into Sigil. Um, and that is where we end it. Uh, we did have a small conversation afterwards about, um, uh, wow, lost. Um, we had a small conversation afterwards about what they would like to do. Oh, no, that's not where the session ended. Uh, the, um, the building started crumbling around them, and they, uh, they, they ran to get out, and, um, 
I don't know, there was some confusion there. Uh, everybody was, like, trying to make saving throws or trying to figure out how, and I was like, no, no, it's narratively crumbling around you, you know? It's like an action movie. You're, you're able to run out as uh, it crumbles around you. Um, and then by the time they got out to the, uh, the ground outside uh, the citadel, uh, not the citadel, the tower, the main tower, uh, the palace, that's what it's called, uh, into uh, Citadel Cabinicus proper, um, the ground fell out from beneath them. Like, the whole plane just started to fall apart. And then they started falling into this mist, right? And I described it like that moment in the second Bill and Ted movie where they fall from the top of the screen to the bottom of the screen, and then they start again at the top of the screen and fall to the bottom of the screen. Bottom of the screen. Um, so they fall forever, it feels like. And eventually they hit the ground. Uh, and they're surrounded by mists. Uh, moist ground, mist everywhere. Um, the mist seemed apart, and a man standing over them. He says, I felt your presence. I may know a way to get you out, out of this plane. Um, so someone goes, it's Mordenkainen. I was like, it is Mordenkainen indeed. And I always find it funny when someone says, who's Mordenkainen? The guy on the cover of this book, as someone holds it up. <laughs> uh, I paste an old picture of Mordenkainen into the... Um, into Foundry. Uh, I don't, I don't like the new Morton Kanan. Uh, for some reason, he, he looks like Avatar to me. <laughs> I don't like the bald look on Morton Kanan. Um, he, he, he really looks like, uh, the, the old, um, Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons podcast, Dragon Talk, I think it was called, host, uh, to me. I think it's funny. Um, but I really don't like that look. I like his shaggy gray hair, you know? Uh, I really like that look. I, I've been meaning to do a little research and find out, like, when that bald thing became a thing. Um, because I think it was 5th edition. Uh, I'm not sure, though. Uh, I I played 2nd edition, and I played 5th edition. I, I skipped 3rd and 4th. So it may have happened in there somewhere. I don't know. I need to do some research and figure it out. Because I don't need to. I want to do some research and figure it out. Someday I'll remember when I'm sitting in front of the computer with nothing else to do. So, anyway. And that's when I presented the, the um, dilemma to the players. I said, what do you want to do? Do you want to take a tour of Ravenloft and kill some Dark Lords? Or would you like to just get the fuck out and continue on um, with the main story? And they were like, yeah, I think we'd like to get the fuck out. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, now, would you like to continue the side quests kind of things we're doing to gather armies? Or would you just like to skip that and get right to the big fucking fight? Um, because I am feeling a little, uh, like this is getting a little long in the tooth. Um, they were supposed to be one, one session things that they went in and did. Uh, they developed into something more and more and more. Um, I tend to give the party a lot of time to discuss things because that's that's my joy of D&D, right? I like to watch them roleplay and I like to um, see them get the wrong ideas or get the right idea and pass over it or even get the right idea and move forward with it. Um, and I like to see them come up with their own plan that completely throws my game off tracks. Um, they, they do this over and over again, and I love it, which is why I generally let them go on for so long. 
Um, but when I'm trying to get something done uh, in the two and a half hours that we actually play, it doesn't always work. Um, so I, I know that's uh, my problem as a DM for pacing. Uh, I, I fully accept that, and it's just something that I don't do right now. Um, it's it's on my list of things to work on. <laughs> so so next session, this session, tomorrow session, uh, or last night session, depending on where you uh, heard this or when you're listening to this. Well, it will when you are listening to this. It will be a, a, a previous session, uh, but in the upcoming session. I will um, we'll kind of go over the logistics of the battle. We'll plan out where the battle's going to happen, what's going to happen during the battle, how the battle's going to work. Because um, I don't want to explain this stuff all on the, the, the battle night, you know? Um, I feel like it's going to take me a while to explain it. Um, and I just don't know that... I just don't want to take that time away from the battle um, because this is this is the conclusion of the campaign. Um, I also forgot to level everybody to twenty. Um, ooh, I have to remember to say that too. Um, but this is is very exciting. I'm I'm not ready to be done with this campaign, but I'm very excited to see its conclusion. Right. And like I've said before, this is, for this group, I think that we will continue to play these characters. I would like to have some level 20 adventures, you know? I would like to um, have some things that require level 20 plus players or characters um, to do these things. And I think they will like coming back to it. Uh, that being said, I am probably not, I don't know if I'm going to propose 5e in my next campaign pitch because I'm, I'm not sure if I want another 5e campaign, you know? Um, I was thinking today about after this ending, maybe pulling a few one shots, um, pull a couple systems out, try a few different systems and then kind of, kind of land somewhere with them. And, and decide that okay, this is what this is a good place to go. This is a uh, a good system to use. This is the system that I, you know, we're going to run in from now on, or uh, the the few systems, right? Um, I know I want to get um, electric bastion land to the table. That is um, that's going to happen eventually. Uh, I've I played I played one session of Into the Odd. I really liked it. Um, we did, um, oh, goodness, what was it called? Um, it's all yellow and black art, um, by, uh, Dirk somebody, I want to say, D-Tree? I remember, it was a, it was an uncommon name that began with D, um, and, uh, What's his face wrote it? Uh, <laughs> not Captain Picard. <laughs> Patrick Stewart wrote it. Um, oh goodness, what was the name of that book? I don't know. 
Uh, but anyway, I got to run one session of that, and I really liked the system. Um, I liked how it felt. I'd like to try and run a little campaign in it um, and see how that works. Um, yeah, so I think... I mean, I've got a shelf full of games that I have not played. Um, and I got a couple that I'd really like to bring to the table, uh, or get to the table. Um, another one of them is Knights Black Agents. Uh, I got a humble bundle with uh, Dracula dossier. Um, and I have barely scratched the surface on that thing. That is, um, that is an epic story, and I think I would like to uh, maybe run that, you know? Um... There's some um, Powered by the Apocalypse stuff that I think I'd like to run. There is um, uh, Blades in the Dark that I would definitely like to run. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. For sure, I'm going to propose um, my Electric Bastion Land kind of um, Spelljammer. Uh, but aside from that, I really, really don't know what what I want to put out there. Um, I haven't made much time to think about it, but I think that that's something that I I need to start thinking about. <laughs> um, but I do like the idea of doing um, a couple of one-shots, you know, getting used to some new systems, trying out some new systems. Uh, I want them to play some uh, OD&D or um, basic... Um, D and I like I like the feel of old school. Um, I don't think I want to push one E or two E on anybody. Um, it's very very complicated, I think, uh, for what it is, and you, it gets this. I think basic and expert gets the same feeling, um, or maybe something um, like Black Hat. I thought um, I've. Black Hat, I've read, is good. Um, and there's a couple other things people are playing out there. Um, I actually got a new uh, um, <laughs> BX clone recently. Uh, maybe we'll take that for a spin. Uh, but yeah, so I am I am excited to move on from this campaign. Um, I don't know how the other players are going to feel about not playing D&D. Um, but like I said, I think that um, I, I think that we will come back and revisit these characters, so there will be um, there will be D and D adventures to be still be had. Um, but I, I want something with a little more science fantasy edge. I think, um, and I've got worlds without t- number to the table, and I'm liking it. I play every two weeks though. Um, yeah, we played that too. Um, I guess that's going to be have to have to be covered in another episode because I'm already home, um, and uh, maybe I'll record some inside later. Um, but I've already got worlds without number to the table. I'm playing it every other week, so it's hard for me to remember the rules week to week. Um, I have an upcoming Halloween game that I'm going to run Mothership. I've been reading Mothership um, this weekend. I'd like to get. Uh, foundry set up for mothership and kind of go through it and check it out um we'll be playing in person so it won't uh what's the word um i won't need foundry 
um, but I'd like to have it set up for me. So when I'm learning the system, um, I really need to sit down and like roll some dice and learn the system. Uh, so I think Foundry would help with that. Uh, help me learn the combat system. And uh, then I don't have to print out character sheets and all that trash. <laughs> uh, I am not a paper guy anymore. Um, yeah. So um, maybe there'll be an update on Worlds Without Number. Maybe I'll just forget about it. Um, it was a dungeon crawl. They ended in the middle of the dungeon, which was odd. Uh, anyway, so there may be another segment after this. This may be the end. I guess we'll have to wait and find out. That's all the nuggets we've got this week. Show notes available at slackthenerds.com. Want to reach out? Send a voice message using the link in my show notes, the Anchor FM app or website, or email me at cockatreesnuggets at gmail.com. Check out my new streams on twitch.tv slash jerry247. As always, you can use my blog at Slacker Nerds to get links to my Patreon and all my other socials. Come join my new Discord server. Links in the show notes. This podcast is ranked via iTunes, so leave me a review and some stars there. Share with your friends or shout out from the rooftops. However you want to get the word out, it's great for me. Thanks for listening.